What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts for today, Simon Vojanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I am also here, Cody Stoffer. And we continue our top five seniors list here, talking about every single position. We go back to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to talk about edge rushers. These are players who are on the outside of offensive tackles, at least for the most part. I know some guys will line up kind of all over the place, but these are guys that you'll line up basically on the outsides on defense, and whether they put their hand in the ground or not doesn't really matter as much, just like I said, as long as they're on that outside. And so we're going to talk about them. This is the class of 2024. By the way, we're recording this on December 10th, 2023, just in case uh, anything, I don't know, any issues come up with that when we're talking about applicant stuff. But let me go ahead and break down how this is going to work here in case you are not familiar but basically, myself and Cody, we evaluate a whole ton of players based on their film, what we've seen live, and most of these players we've seen a number of different times over the years already. So we're pretty familiar with all these guys. And then we're going to go ahead and give them grades for the 10 categories that we got. Let me just go down the line. Speed and finesse moves is one. Tackling, run stopping, power rushing, release and first step is another. Agility slash footwork is another. Hit power, strength, pass coverage, size slash frame. And then we add all of that up to get our overall grade here. Giving them grades anywhere from 1 to 10. 1 to 3 is lead improvement. 4 to 6 is about average. 7 to 8 is about above average. The closer you get to 8, the closer you are to about a 3-star talent at that certain skill. 8 to 9 is good to great. That's your 3-star to 4-star skill uh, level right there. And then 9 to 10, that is 5-star level. Very good to elite. Now, I will say this. We do need to rework this. Uh, just, you know, take care of one category. But for the most part, this is pretty accurate. And we're also going to go ahead and project where these guys are going to play or where they can play on the next level. But anyways, after myself and Cody add up all those grades and get our overall grades um, for our individual evaluations, then we go ahead and average it out. So I add my grade to Cody's, divide it by two, and then whoever has the highest grades out of all the players we evaluated goes number one, two, three, four, five, as you can expect there. And to go ahead and kind of add a baseline to this thing, we evaluated two guys who are going to go ahead and play on the next level. The Power 5 level, they are 5 stars, considered some of the best in the country. One is Elijah Rushing. He's an Oregon commit. I had him graded out at an 84.4. And then we also graded out Duncanville, shout out Dallas, uh, very own Colin Simmons, who graded out at an 85.1. I believe he's also a Texas commit, so hook him there. And he's a special player for that Duncanville squad that I believe is going to state this time uh this time of year here. I could be mistaken though. I need to check again. But we have those guys as references so that we can not only compare our guys to the best in the state, but the best in the country as a whole and better project them moving forward. Cody, is there anything anything, excuse me, that I missed here or anything you want to add on before we get to our number 5 uh senior edge rusher here in Colorado? No, I, I think that you hit everything, and honestly, I do think that uh, we are continuing to 
improve this just a little bit more. And I think that that's going to be reflected in how strict these grades are, I guess, for lack of a better word and describing our evaluation process. But uh, yeah, no, this was a fun group to watch. And we've been watching some of these guys for three years uh, get some experience on that level. So Coach V, uh, take it away on that first guy. Yes. So the number five senior edge rusher in the class of 2024 here in Colorado is Jordan Ochoa, the 6'4", 230-pound defensive end from Castleview. This was a kid that we've been able to watch develop over more so, I would say, the last two years. Had a really good junior year, and then his senior year, he followed up on that. Let me go ahead and highlight some of the... I guess his best ratings that I gave him um, and, you know, some things that are a part of his brand of football. So number one, the highest grade I gave him was an 8.7. And I gave that to him in two categories. One was agility and footwork. The other one was size and frame. First things first, I mean, 6'4", 230, he looks it. You know, he's a good lean pass rusher out there. That's about where you want most of your D1 guys to be at. And there's a lot of work that can be done over there. There's a lot of NFL players, you know, coming out of high school who start at that 6'4", 230 pound Um area maybe a little bit less sometimes too so gotta love that and then talking about his agility i mean this is a speed rusher here he's real quick off the ball and you know in space he's really tough to shake i also gave him an 8.7 for speed and finesse moves just coming off that edge here he's gonna apply a lot of pressure just by accelerating that clock collapsing the pocket for the most part there's really no offensive tackle in the state that has been able to go step for step for him as far as speed and agility goes he is one of the fastest guys and I think uh, the fastest guy rated here or ratings wise here on this top five list and so that's really his bread and butter speed and agility and there's really nobody that could stop him and there's some great offensive linemen in this state but as far as that quickness goes he's pretty unmatched for the most part. Um, now, before I go on to some of the other things here, Cody, you know, what are some things you really like about Jordan Ochoa's game here? And then if you want, you could go ahead and talk about some areas of improvement as well. Yeah, so I mean, I'd have to agree. My highest rated category was speed slash finesse moves at an 8.8. .8. It is actually the highest grading in that category out of any of the players that we evaluated in this senior class. He does a great job of just hitting top speed immediately, basically, off that edge. Doesn't really need a running start like some of these other guys do to get to that top speed. And like you said, not a lot of offensive tackles showing the ability to really counter that this season. And, you know, a lot of teams just end up going the other direction away from Jordan Ochoa. And that's kind of reflected in his stats from his junior to senior year that people will just, no, we're just not going to go that way anymore. And, uh, you know, I think that a huge part of that is his first step. And I got an 8.5 on that. So that's pretty critical. And then, yeah, for his agility slash footwork, I have it in at 8.4 because if they are, you know, taking massive leaps back to get into that pass pro and get set against Jordan, he could do a great job of just using his feet to put them in a misdirection kind of blender and cause some serious issues in that regard so i think that everything that you said is completely 
accurate and you know his just overall athleticism and footwork you know just reeks of planning and just absurd ability you know i think that his hands are insanely fast and they smack away any offensive lineman's hands extremely fast and uh you know his first jab step and counter step are very good at creating distance to go unscathed into backfields and uh you know cause some pretty interesting issues in that way so i think that he's probably the best example of like quote unquote a modern day pass rusher uh, who can wreck games and create opportunities for his teammates using some speed. He has a spin move in his bag and his hands are flashing quick. He's good at dipping his shoulder and getting lower as well. So playing kind of that angle game as well. And uh, yeah, I think that for, you know, the run stopping here, it's not one of his higher rated categories, but it's still at a seven because his arms are so long and he does such a great job of, standing up defender or offensive lineman and getting into the backfield to make it plays that way that his run stopping despite not making a ton of tackles for loss he has very strong ability to force run stopping and whatnot in that way so uh those were some of the things that i liked his tackling it's pretty solid at a 7.8 i think that he does a great job of using those log arms and wrapping up and dragging ball carriers down to the ground and whatnot uh, Coach V, you mind if I talk about some of the areas of improvement while I'm here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, great. So for some of the areas of improvement, I think that uh, one category here that's going to drag down a lot of these guys and is just going to remain kind of consistent is pass coverage. I do have it rated out of 5.9 because he does show abilities to make plays in screen game and doesn't get completely sucked in that's both wide receiver screen and halfback screen mid screen tunnel screen all of those screens he does a great job of doing that and he can buzz the flats as well which i think is great and obviously versatile and whatnot uh just not asked to do it a whole ton and then i do have some concerns about his hit power and his strength both of these categories were hit power at a 6.1 and strength at a 6.8 i feel like he doesn't and this kind of ties into his power rush as well once when he's actually gets offensive linemen he doesn't get a huge push honestly and you know he doesn't really pack like a big hit when tackling you know his tackling like i said pretty consistent mainly consistent pad level and whatnot but it's not i don't see a jordan ochoa head and go oh like I do some of these other guys where they just pack such a punch and it's actually the lowest grade out of the top five guys on this list uh, for hit power for me personally. And, uh, you know, I, I would hope that, you know, his frame can, I guess, like kind of, he can use that frame a little bit more to just create some more power. I don't know if it's a pad level thing. I don't know if it's a weight room thing. I'm not sure what the issue is, but I just don't see a lot of strength or power from Jordan Ochoa in either the pass or the run defend game, if I'm being completely honest. Coach V, am I way off base or do you see what I see? No, we definitely see the same thing here for Jordan Ochoa. Yeah, my I mean, my lowest grades were also uh, six for power rushing. I mean, he just doesn't really use it. A whole bunch and why would you if you're faster than everyone so I, I totally get it it's just not really out there and then pass coverage as well I mean if I don't see someone 
you know, out there in pass coverage, I usually just give them a five anyways. And so that's pretty much the most of these guys on this list. So don't, you know, don't look into that one too much anyways. But yeah, I mean, look, I think he is really somebody that can't afford to put on a lot more weight. Um, if he could put on like almost 15 to 20 pounds, I think he'd be in a perfect spot here. Uh, his hit power wasn't great for me either. I mean, I gave him a 7.5. I think some of it is definitely pad level, but some of it is just like, I mean, I don't know. Some guys are just not like that. And it's fine, you know? I mean, as long as you get the job done and you get in the backfield and get TFLs and stuff and sacks and be disruptive, that's really what matters the most, I would say, as an edge rusher. And if you could get some turnovers, I mean, that's being disruptive too, right? And so, well, that being said, I really do feel like he could afford to put on more weight. Uh, if he can... That would actually put him probably pretty close to first on this list because as far as ratings go, I mean, I gave him a 76.3 or my number one guy is only like barely two points ahead of him. So there is that. I'm just going to say that there. Some of my other ratings I want to go over real quick. 8.2 for tackling, 8.1 for run stop, uh, 8.4 for release first step. That could actually go up a little bit here moving forward, but we'll just have to see about that. Uh, seven for strength. Like I said, I think you could get stronger here. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I also want to go ahead and I'm, I'm thinking back to this clip I once saw. Oh, Cody, you're going to have to remind me the name of this Arapaho lineman. The one that's like 6'10". Do you, you know who I'm talking about? Crisp or Crispy, yeah. Yeah, Brendan Crisp. Uh, so, first off, shout out to 6-0 Academy. He is one of those guys. I saw 101 uh, between those two, which was a great film to look at because both of them are great. Chris was probably going to be a top five tackle for us. And, you know, offensive linemen in Colorado are always really good. But watching it, there was one rep that he lost. And it's just because he got stood up, you know, just straight up. And then the one that he did win, he got the jump on him. And so... You know, and, you know, that's that's a good, you know, player to be doing one-on-ones against. He is probably for sure either a power five or group of five, for sure a D1 guy. So that's good stuff to be going up against. Plus, he's 6'10", too. But, you know, for Jordan here, for him to just really rely on that speed does make me a little nervous. And so I'd love for him to get a bit stronger here. And if he can, then I really think his game goes to the next level. And so that's kind of where his potential is for me here. I really feel like he is a D1 guy and, you know, give him a year or two in the right program, you know, conditioning and eating well and getting bigger. I think he can really, really be somebody that could develop into a star for a lot of teams. Cody, what do you think about that? You know, what was your overall grade? And then we could go ahead and talk about outlook here as well if you want. Yeah, so I think that, that everything that you said, I, I got to agree with. I mean, to run through the rest of my grades, 8.8, .8, obviously speed finesse, 7.8 tackling, 7 run stop, 7.1 power, uh, 8.5 release first step, 8.4 agility footwork, 6.1 hit power, 6.8 strength, 5.9 pass coverage, and 8.7 frame, 75.1 overall here for Ochoa. And I got to agree with, like, everything that you said you know i think that that rep against or those reps against uh brendan were awesome to watch and good insight because it showed everything that ochoa is and isn't you know what i mean it showed that you know once he 
he has that speed and he can use it in a very short burst and it can be overwhelming that he can win, you know what I mean? But at the same time, um, there's just something missing as far as being a complete package and whatnot and matching up as well as you would maybe want him to for future matchups and stuff like that. So, yeah, I got to agree with all of that. And then as far as looking ahead goes, it's kind of interesting because Jordan was committed to Wyoming, I want to say before the season started or in the spring or something like that. You know, I, I want to say he was still a junior when he was committed. But then he actually decommitted, I say somewhat recently, just in the like lifespan of like recruiting, but he decommitted from Wyoming and right now haven't seen a whole ton outside of that. When you look at um, 24-7 and go through that, you know, it says that he had been offered by Florida A&M, Jackson State and Washington State. I know that he had a couple of game day visits with um, CU, you know, like on November 1st, I want to say. And he's been in talks with like Nebraska and visited them and whatnot. Just hasn't received quite offers yet on those fronts. But uh, yeah, no, I think that obviously for these power five schools. Oh, he also received an offer from New Mexico State. That's that's a pretty recent one, but I digress. He is somebody who, you know, I think the power fives and group of fives obviously see the upside of having a speed rusher, especially like somebody like Jordan is somebody that you could rotate in on like third downs to cause issues, right? I think that he's somebody who maybe I don't want to start right now just because I don't think that he's a three down guy. But I think that depth-wise, he's not somebody bad to have on your roster and, you know, get you some hurries every now and then um, just kind of throughout the season. Nothing too overwhelming, but he's somebody that because of his top-end speed rushing abilities, I think he is somebody that could see the field um, maybe a little bit sooner than later. But I think that kind of that Wyoming kind of group of five level is more where Ochoa lies as a prospect. I, I will say this. It's a little hard to project where he's going to be at because, I mean, you know, group of five, power five, it really doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it's either you're a Big Ten guy or you're an SEC guy and then you have everyone else uh, before the FCS. And so with that being said, I kind of feel like he could play on that Big Ten SEC level as a rotational guy now he's not gonna play right away you know and he's probably gonna have to sit at least two years you know if not longer but he could get in there and like you said I mean I agree he could be a great rotational guy where you need a little bit more speed you need someone fresh and you know he knows his role like hey go get the quarterback he could go do it you know he could go do it and he could uh, give you give you uh, something out there uh, to relieve some guys out there, and maybe even develop into more down the line here. Group of five for sure. I mean, give him a year or two, and I think he could be a legitimate rotational guy, if not a starter. And then, I mean, this is the inner fan in me, but if he was ever offered by an FCS or chosen FCS, I think he's probably a day one starter. 
and then you kind of just live with what's there and go go on honestly because he does have a lot of talent here there's no doubt about that the speed is elite um just straight up it's elite you know just his uh release and everything after that it's it's elite and so when he's on it he's on it and so we'll see by the time this episode comes out he probably would have committed by now or at least i would think he would so there's that but you know we'll just have to see what happens you know i'm excited to really see more to add sorry go on i'm just excited to see uh where his next step is and uh see him make plays on the college level so yeah he belongs you know plain and simple yeah for sure so um number four time yeah, you got it. Nope. Unless you want me to do no, it. No, I, I got it here. Um, <clears throat> Go for it. At the number four spot here in the class of 2024 on PMC's top five edge rushers, we have out of Green Mountain, Austin Contreras here, the edge slash kind of outside linebacker-ish hybrid player here. And Austin is fun to watch both. His film is very well put together, so... Watch how Austin's film is put together to uh, take some notes and whatnot. But also, IRL, he is just an absolute monster here. Talking about some of the things that he does best, you know, in his six foot two, 230 frame, he is a brutal hammer to bring down upon others. I mean, for his hit power and his tackling, I have it at an 8.3 and an 8.6, respectively, tackling wise. He's somebody who consistently wraps up and tackles through opposing ball carriers at the waist. Holy cow, his pad level is so, so, so consistent, and his wrapping up is so consistent, and he drives his feet. Oh my gosh, I thought I was going insane watching a handful of these other players make tackles. And um, not necessarily in this list, but uh, you know, just watching through defensive film and just watching tackles this year, I see a lot of guys that just tackle way too high. Austin is so consistent at wrapping up and doing it at the right pad level. At an 8.6, he's actually my highest graded tackler on this list. So I think that's worth a shout out here. And then hit power, he's my hardest rated hitter here in the top five. I mean, he just packs a wallop every time he hits somebody. And, you know, while doing that, he... Also, in run defending and run stopping, which I have graded at an 8.2, one of his highest grades, he does a great job of reading the offense. I feel like a lot of the time you can see, you know, that he can carry, like everyone watches film, right? But the people who can actually carry over what they watched into the game, that is special. And Austin does that. You can see that he can tell plays are happening before they're even being ran and he finds that open gap and he just absolutely rocks the ball carrier. And he just, oh my God, he lights them up. And uh, I am not jealous of anybody that uh, Austin Contreras, uh, Contreras lays out. And, you know, he does so, like I said, through that run stopping. He also does a great job of using arm placement to ward off blockers and make plays in the run game. So he just does a great job of using his vision and whatnot and getting to where the play is heading. And then agility slash footwork wise, he can just dance circles around some of these guys. I mean, I have it graded at an 8.2. He does a great job of using a jab step and then getting around, you know, different tackler or different tackles and guards and whatnot. And, uh, you know, his agility 
and ability to change direction is also a huge strength for him in the past game. Now, while the grade of 6.7 is one of his lower ones, it is the highest rated pass grade on this list. That's why I kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, he's an edge who can drop back into that outside backer spot. He's ran routes with, you know, receivers across the field. He's passed off different zones and whatnot. So he shows solid knowledge of running it. He just doesn't necessarily have like the playmaking aspect going for him as far as, you know, making interceptions and stuff like that. But he can also bat passes at the line using great anticipation and, uh, you know, disrupt the game in that way as well. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not afraid to ask him to do it. And that's why it's at a 6.7 is because, you know, it's something where it's like, all right, you know, if I run a stunt or something like that or ask him to drop like a simple middle zone, I'm not like, oh, crap. We could really give up a lot of yards on this play. It's just, you know, it's up to the design and the matchup and stuff. It's not necessarily an Austin weakness, I should say. And then some of the other categories here that are rated pretty well, uh, speed slash finesse moves, as well as release slash first step, I have at a 7.8 and a 7.7 as well. I think that he's solid at both of those. Uh, obviously, he doesn't, you know... I wouldn't say that he has like a first step that's super explosive like an Ochoa and something like that. But I think he gets off the ball just fine and, uh, you know, can beat opposing pass blockers or run blockers just off the edge um, using that speed, using that first step and whatnot there. And then, you know, he has a little bit of hand fighting, a little bit of a, a swim and a rip as well for finesse moves and, um, you know, using that footwork as well to kind of jab and evade around defenders i think is where his strength is as far as you know speed slash finesse coach v what do you think of this analysis and then what do you think are some areas of improvement for Contreras as well yeah no i mean i definitely agree and this is a kid that we've been watching the last two years pretty closely here because of how I mean, how good this Green Mountain defense and team has been as a contender in 3A, which is already tough to do with so many offenses that are much more evolved than a lot of other offenses in the state. And so there's a lot more responsibility there for a guy like Austin Contreras. And I mean, got to agree here. Uh, let me talk about my highest grades. I uh, gave him an 8.7 for run stopping, 8.5 for tackling. When it comes to stopping the run, in my opinion, he's elite. He's up there. You just watch it, especially when you just watch his film from his senior year. Like, just look at that, you know, and look at the number of games he's played against some pretty good running teams, like Lutheran being one of them. And that was a game that I got to watch in full and made some notes on him there. But, I mean, <clears throat> just the way he's able to hold down his blocker there and, you know, be able to shed it and be tough and not give up ground and set that edge, it's big time. He's, he doesn't get pushed around. He just does it, you know, and you're not going to be able to. And to have a guy that strong and still athletic out there is huge and allows your defense to do a lot when you could stop those outside runs and really funnel everything inside there. And so he was key to that for Green Mountain these last two years. That was what really stood out to me, and that's his brand of football, just hard-nosed football. Um, like you said, 
gets great pad level when he's engaging and tackling and all that stuff. I mean, some guys, you know, you just don't got to teach that to. Some guys just naturally have great pad levels when they play football, no matter the situation, and he's one of those guys. And so you got to love that. I mean, he's the type of guy that he's going to get in there and he's going to do the dirty work, and he's going to allow other guys to make really flashy plays because of how great he is out there and, you know, how good he is in that system. And well, really any defensive system will needs a guy that can hold it down. And that's what he does. Now, talking about some areas of improvement here. <clears throat> I mean, you touched on some of them. Power rushing, I gave him a 7.1 there. Pass coverage, gave him a 6. And actually, that 6 in pass coverage is the highest rating any edge rusher on this list got. Um, like you said, he obviously understands those situations. I saw him against Lutheran, who obviously is a great spread team that passes the ball. That'll go tempo. And he held down his side. You know, they weren't able to get a lot of those quick little short game stuff that they are used to. And they kind of had to evolve their game more to, okay, well, we can't run it outside. We can't throw it short. We need to run it inside and go deep. And for the most part, that is pretty much outside of his responsibility from there. Because he's doing such a good job shutting down that edge playing the short game, and so I can't rave enough about it and how versatile he is there, but, you know, just didn't see him make a whole ton of turnovers, force a lot of turnovers, or do a ton there, and part of it is because he's not asked to do it a whole ton unless they really need to and are playing a spread team like Lutheran, who, you know, is going to take some guys out of position, and so I... Even though we are talking about areas of improvements, I do want to make that clear, though, that even though one of his lowest grades is a 6 in pass coverage, he could do it. And he's somebody that is really versatile and could fit into a lot of different defenses on the next level. Now, before we talk about the future and whatnot, I'm just going to go down the line with the rest of my grades. Gave him a 7.8 for speed and finesse moves. Um, same grade for release and first step. 8.34 agility and footwork, he moves pretty well for his size. 8.1 hit power, 7.5 strength. Frame and size, gave him an 8.2. It's about a 3-star. I mean, there's a lot of 6'2", 230-pound edge rushers out there. So it's pretty it's pretty on par, pretty average, but still, you know, uh, where you want... Uh, Pretty much the baseline where you want these edge rushers if you're a D1 looking for guys uh, to play that position. So there you go there. And then uh, before we move on here, I do want to just reemphasize as far as finesse moves and power rushing moves goes. I feel like he has a little bit of a bag. You see him pull it out when he's block shedding, but when he has to initiate the contact uh, and, you know, go ahead and pass rush it's just not quite there I think it's a timing thing and that's just something he needs to work on now I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite you know like pass rusher as far as that timing goes but he could definitely be a lot better than where he's at right now and that could boost him pretty significantly here but altogether Austin Contreras he's a tough hard-nosed football player who's great against the run and you know does his job in pretty much all aspects of the game as far as edge rushers and outside linebackers go. Cody, do you agree with what I just had to say there? And, you know, what are some of your ratings slash or do you project him moving forward? Yeah, no, I, once again, just to echo, while his pass coverage would quote-unquote be listed as a weakness, 
it's really not, honestly. He's completely fine in the past game. And then, yeah, his power rushing just is very unproven to me, honestly. I don't see him really... All these other guys show at least an instance of really just overpowering someone and putting them kind of in the QB or running back's lap. And I just don't really see that a whole ton with Austin. So he kind of got dinged a little bit there in my grades. And looking at um, some of the other grades, uh, his strength also, I don't have graded super high. I have it graded at a 7.1. So... I think that while his frame is completely fine, I do want to see him just get a little bit stronger and see kind of what that leads to. Uh, so when I run down the entire list, speed slash finesse, 7-8, tackling, 8-6, run stop, 8-2, power rushing, 6-3, release first step, 7-7, seven, seven, agility footwork, 8-2, hit power, 8-3, strength, 7-1, pass coverage, 6-7, frame, 8-4, makes for a 77.3, and if that's averaged out with your score, that puts it at a 76.65. I think that he's going to be fine on the next level. But one thing that was a little concerning while doing this kind of research here, Coach V, or I can't find any offers between his Instagram or his Twitter, but it looks like he's kind of jumping on it. It kind of looks like he just recently started focusing on it a little bit, maybe. Yeah, when I look at his Twitter there's no offers yet, and, you know, it's December, so I'm just a little worried that he's not getting the traction that maybe he deserves here, and that tends to happen sometimes with some of these lower classifications, and that's not going to be something that's, like, new as we continue to look at any of these, but I think it is just worth mentioning here that, uh, you know, I think that Austin Contreras can play on the next level and be like at least an FCS guy, honestly. But I feel like his looks, if I had to guess where his looks are going to come from, it's probably going to be on the D2 Colorado level, if I'd have to guess. Do you think that's out of pocket to say, just knowing the history of recruiting um, in this state and especially prospects on the 3A or below uh, classification? No, I agree, which is a little unfortunate because he's a great player, man. And he might also be a guy that, you know, you could potentially move to to inside linebacker and stuff like that as well. And I think he'd probably be okay there, you know. But it just really depends. I mean, you really just need a coach to take a chance on him. Um, because here's the thing about Austin. <laughs> when it comes to edge rushers, the pass rushing ability is definitely something that I feel like colleges value the most when it comes to those type of players and positions. And so even though you're a good run stopper and even elite run stopper, you know, that's just not as flashy, right? And so it is a little bit more of a handful to try to train a guy up if he's not a natural pass rusher because, you know, it is a passing game now. And so with that being said, that might be working against him a little bit here. Just not being the greatest pass rusher out there. Uh, what Probably one of the weaker ones on this list, but does everything else at a pretty high level. And so we'll see. I, I definitely see him as a D2 guy. Colorado D2, I think, is fair. That's high D2. You know, um, a school of mines or 
Jesus, CSU Pueblo. They could take a guy like him and plug him in there, and he would be a big part of a potential championship defense. Whether it's national championship, conference, whatever, he is that type of player that you could plug in there, and he would do his job right. And you got to feel good about that if you are one of those D2s because you really are getting a steal here. Now, I do think he could play on the FCS level, but he's going to have to sit, you know, and you're going to have to develop those pass rushing skills there a little bit longer. It might take two years, maybe three, and you know how it is. Some coaching staffs, they just don't have that long of a timeline when it comes to developing guys, especially with the access to the transfer portal. So that's kind of how I see it. I hope he does find a spot here. I know his teammate... Blake Wesslin, who plays inside linebacker, just recently got offered by Northern Colorado. If Contreras got uh, some sort of opportunity, whether it's a scholarship or PWO from Northern Colorado, I think he could pretty quickly earn a spot there and find a good role as a tough guy that could help lead a defense and just be a you know one of those glue guys. Like I said, one of those hard-nosed football players who are going to do the dirty work and let the other guys get the flashy plays Oh, he goes ahead and takes care of business and puts somebody's face in the ground. Plain and simple. And it's just one of those tone setters. Is that fair to say, Cody? That's my hope, obviously. But, I mean, we'll just have to see here moving forward. No, I think that there will be opportunity, honestly. And I think that when the opportunity comes knocking, he just has to be ready for it and uh, make the most of it. And yeah, and I don't doubt that he's going to be able to do that. And I don't doubt that he'll be a guy who can make plays on the next level. So that is uh, our number four edge player here, Austin Contreras. Uh, Coach V, do you or do I want to talk about this number three guy here? I'll do it. I really want to do this one. <laughs> Send if it. Not, I'm just going to do it. All right, okay, bet. All right, the number three class of 2024 edge rusher here in Colorado is Lyman's very own trading marks. The 6'4", 210-pound edge rusher here. A little bit, a lot lighter than a lot of these other guys here, but still standing at 6'4". He's a big dude. You know, and this is a kid like Contreras and Ochoa who really came onto the scene the last two years specifically here. And I've got to watch him a number of times. And, I mean, he never fails to impress. And so let's just go ahead and hop into it here. To start out, there is a lot of things that he just does right. I'm just going to put that out there. But his highest grades for me, I gave him an 8.6 for run stopping, 8.5 for tackling. You know, speaking of great players against the run just like Austin Contreras trading marks is right up there but the difference this is a pretty big difference you know between him and a lot of the other guys not only on this list but especially in the higher classifications is that he is game planned against like insanely like a lot of the coaches out there here on the 1a level know that when trading marks is coming to town they gotta put three bodies on him number one you got to put the tackle on him. Number two, you got to put either a guard or maybe a bigger fullback tight end on him. And then number three, you got to chip him with somebody, you know, and that is basically the Marks rules, the Jordan rules version of Colorado here, the Marks rules here of playing against a trade in Marks. You got to have three bodies on him because if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, that's going to be an issue. And, you know, when you look at his junior year film compared to his senior year film, junior year, you know, some guys maybe didn't know about him as much 
later in the season that obviously changed as he played better teams and you know teams had more access to that film there but early on i mean when this dude was 101 he just go and slam a dude like go get out there and just like god just make a play man and he did that over and over and over again and you know teams eventually learned and then you look at a senior year film and he's getting chipped all the time and against the run this is the thing that really stood out to me i mean he holds his ground so well and not only does he hold his ground but he gets a pretty good push against double teams against triple teams even and he gets so many tackles for loss in the backfield and i already know there's some idiot out there that's like oh it's 1a it's 1a well yeah it's still hard to beat a triple team especially with when one of those guys is bigger than you uh or at least weighs more than you and then the other two guys at least weigh either your weight or more and usually it's triple still you know the frame and weight and all that when you want to do the math there and so it's still really hard to do and he just makes such a he just does such a good job against the run especially when he faced that adversity this season and it was all like it was all year long like every team did that to him and he continuously won and that's why they were state champions this year because you had a guy you could just go get in there and get it done as far as tackling goes i mean he's a great tackler extremely reliable he's gonna do his job there um cody before i throw it to you here i do want to mention his pass rushing skills gave him a 8.3 power rushing and the 8.1 for first step and release here as far as power rushing go i feel like this season he really converted more into more of a power rusher whereas last season you see him rely on his speed a lot more as a power rusher i mean he gets a great push out there a lot of dips and rips and stuff like that were that just requires strength and you see him doing this on the outside so that he doesn't give up too much room here using up all that space trying to go around and it's just efficient man it's just efficient plain and simple he is going up against some bigger dudes and like i said even when he's pass rushing he's getting double teamed he's getting you know chipped and he has enough power to fight through it and still get sacks that's the insane part about it as far as release and first step go i will acknowledge this i gave him an 8.1 but this could definitely be higher because i feel like his junior year when you look at his uh release and first step he was flying and part of it is probably because he's not getting triple teamed uh like every single play which is you know fair right but you know, this year, he was definitely triple team, and you could see that kind of wear on him a little bit and affect his first step just a little bit. And so, you know, that's nothing that a conditioning program can't fix, to be honest with you. But that first step is definitely, you know, elite. it's up there with the best in the state for sure. So there you go there. Just wanted to make sure I address that before we go ahead and, you know, kind of switch it up here. But Cody, you know, what do you think about what I had to say about trade in here? I just wanted to, you know, pick out a couple of things. And, you know, what are some areas of improvements that you have as well after you go over uh, your strengths about trade in marks? Yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning that Trayton kind of popped onto the scene for us when one week he won playmaker of the week last year during his junior year and this is back when like he had no presence online like at all uh just you know the stats and whatnot and it was something ridiculous like i want to say it was like five sacks or six sacks in a game just something like it was stupid amount of sacks and so i was like well you know that's playmaker of the week for one day like you know i guess it's kind of a gimme but also it kind of 
made me really want to see, all right, like, is this legit? And so I made it out to <clears throat> Strasburg that year for Strasburg versus Lyman. Both these teams were undefeated headed into that game. And I had some questions, you know, you know, I was like, all right, let's get like a look and see how, you know, their running back is looking these days and see where Lyman is at because Lyman was kind of in a weird spot where they had a lot of seniors from the past year graduate. And this was a very young team, um, you know, a lot of juniors, I should say, and uh, sophomores starting. This was in 2020, the 2022 season. And Marks lived up to the hype when I watched that game. He was dominating. And this is somebody who, by the way, not only as Coach V mentioned, is getting triple or double teams pretty consistently, but he's also an offensive lineman for them that paves the way for, you know, running lanes and stuff like that, which is what Lyman does. They run eye form, they hand it off between the tackles, and then they run play action and sometimes they drop back into gun, you know, for like third and long situations and, you know, just play like, I'd say like a pretty like 90s style of football if I had to like pinpoint exactly where, you know, Lyman is at and whatnot. And Marks is important for both sides of the football in that equation. And, you know, for my little uh, write down here, I say Marks the monster was a consistent problem against the run game. And I mean, it's just true. He was a nightmare for quarterbacks. His strength and power rushing consistently called doubles and even at times triple teams with little success, honestly, with a guy who pushes piles and pile drives ball carriers once he finds them. No, I have his tackling at an 8.4. He's very good at consistently wrapping up and, you know, driving through those tackles. He's my second highest rated tackler on this list. His run stopping, 8.7. Power rushing, 8.4. Just an absurd amount of power here. And yet all this does not stack up to his strength category that I have at an 8.9, which is tied for the highest in this top five. I mean, he is not being pushed back by multiple people. That's ridiculous. And yeah, no, I think that that's an easy thing to watch when watching, you know, 1A, 2A, 3A, or anything like that, where some higher classification fools that think they're better than they actually are, like, oh, well, the we're better because the town. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. They're still studs in small towns, all right? They just have less depth than other classifications, and that's the difference. And these 1A schools are throwing all of their depth at trademarks. They're trying everything and still not finding a lot of success. I do want to say that he has a couple of hand fighting slash finesse moves here. So that came in at a 7.7 here. And, uh, you know, his speed also shines on special teams, by the way. I don't know if you saw this in his film, Coach V, but I had to notate it. He's beating other players down the field. Now, I understand there's different assignments and the fastest players are definitely playing contain. But still, it's kind of nuts that he he also kind of looks in person, honestly, a little bit heavier than 210, if I'm being honest, like probably 215. And he just moves very, very well um, at his height and his size and whatnot, which kind of also plays a little bit into his agility, which I'll get to in just a second. But I mean, he's somebody that you must game plan for and around. Um, thinking about his areas of improvement here, uh, I have his release slash first step at a seven. I think that it's fine, but I do think that there is like some hesitancy this year, um, getting off the ball a little bit and, you know, also kind of rocking sometimes. So that's why, I mean, it's still at a two star. He still gets off the ball very, very quick. Um, I just don't know if it's as consistent 
as Coach V was alluding to as his junior year. And then agility slash footwork wise, I have at a 7.3. You know, I think that he does move pretty well, but also sometimes he looks like he's lumbering around, honestly, where he's kind of swaying back and forth here, left to right, um, just kind of like changing direction a little bit. So I think that he could still become just a little bit more, I guess, like loose side to side and turn wise. So opening up those hips, I think is something that he can work on uh, just a little bit. But I mean, at a 7.3, it's still graded, I think, fairly accurate or, you know, fair. You know, his pass coverage, I didn't even really bother to put red on this. It's at a 5.7 um, just because I wouldn't really drop him back in coverage, but uh, he is somebody who has made interceptions and uh, can get a hand up and uh, paw the ball down and whatnot at six foot four at that frame. And he wields that size very, very well. So he can still make an impact in that area of the game here. And so when you add all that up along with hit power at a 7.8, he's sitting at a 77.9. And with Simon score sitting at a 78.25 here. Now, I'm going to just hop in here just a little bit and then Coach V will give you a chance to rebuttal but and add on to this point here. Now, Trayton here, he only has 30 followers on Twitter. Literally, when I went out and talked to him at the end of last year's Strasburg-Lyman game, I was like, hey, man, where's your film? What's going on here? And so I had to be like, yeah, you got to like put things together. You have to have a social media presence. You have to, you know, like be findable for scouts so that way you can play on the next level and he didn't seem too concerned about it because he was definitely focused on just letting his pads play for himself and speak for him and uh he would he was already talking to some d2s last year as a junior now looking at this year i can't find any offers that he currently has but i know that his older brother went to south dakota state of mines but i really think he's a d1 guy i mean Maybe not, I, I don't want to say, you know, like SEC level, but <clears throat> I think that he's somebody who can make an impact, you know, in like Mountain West competition and what kind of is the group of five. I, I realize what you said, it's a little different these days with more like a power three and whatnot, but I think that Trayton has that next level D1 ability. I think that for sure he should have some FCS offers, if I'm being completely honest. I think that that is the level of football that he would succeed soonest and best at if I had to project. Now, Coach V, with these projections in mind, as well as a reaction to my scores, what do you have to say to counter some of the things I said and kind of also build off of where you see Trayton's future going? I mean, let's be real here. He's not getting looks mainly because he's a 1A guy. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And, I mean, I'm also going to be honest, just looking at these grades that you and I both have, which are pretty similar here. Um, first off, all of my, for most of my grades, I think all of them except for three are eights and up. That's how well-rounded of a player he is. And even then, I feel like... I'm just being real. I feel like some of our ratings are getting affected by how he was, you know, game planned for 
this year, just plain and simple. And it's not like, oh, well, if you can't beat triple teams on the 1A level, then you can't beat 101 to the 5'8". No, that's definitely not it either. It's just like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's tough to put up those numbers on the 1A level when you are getting game planned for so hard week in, week out. And if he was treated like any other player, like, he'd be wrecking havoc. If he was on the 4A level with how they don't game plan for any pass rushers at all, he would probably have, he would probably have breaking Marcus Howard's record of 20-plus sacks. I'm just going to be honest with you. Remember when 4A allowed that to happen, Cody, two years ago, and just let a dude come out of nowhere and have 25 sacks or whatever it was on the season? Who you he can't, could do that. Who you can't miss because, I mean, Marcus Howard was six foot, like five, almost six foot six, 220 yes. pounds. And yeah, Some no, Trayton Marks, he, he would eat a ton of guys' lunch on other levels in one on one. I mean, for real. I mean, I, I feel like it would take some of the best tackles in the state to be able to handle Trayton one-on-one, for real, for real, especially with his strength. Because pound for pound, pound for pound, he might be like, he's one of the strongest prospects in the state, pound for pound, easily. He weighs 20 pounds less than pretty much the next guy on this top five list. And I would still consider him stronger than everyone on this list. That's the insane part. And so, yeah, he's getting looked because he is 1A. But don't get it twisted. Get him in a D1 situation, and he will play like a D1 player. Straight up. Because that's who he is. And I agree. And I am... God, I am begging UNC. Please offer him a full ride. Not a PWO, because that's a little... I mean, you know, he lives in Lyman, and like that's. I feel like that's a lot to ask out of him. But please offer him a full ride. Because this could be the guy on the other side of Marcus Howard, you know, who, by the way, was all-conference. Um, he was an all honorable mention all-conference guy this year in the Big Sky. And he also made this list, I believe, in a similar situation a couple years ago as well. I want to say he was, he, he, I don't think he was number one, was he, Cody? I don't think he was. I could be mistaken. I, I want to say he was, was like two. Yeah, so in a similar situation here, you know, in that 3-2 spot. And I think he could be the other guy on the other side of Marcus Howard. Give him one or two years to adjust, and he'll be right there. Easy. Easy. Um, and he's definitely an FCS guy. And if he goes D2, he's going to wreak havoc on that level. Now, I'm just... I don't know. Like, I don't know what his financial situation is like and whatnot. But... <sighs> This is a guy that could play D1, man. And we've had a number of other guys, you know, from the 1A level who we really felt like were D1 guys. One of those guys was Tell Wade from last year, who traded marks played against, by the way. And Tell Wade's at Wyoming. He's doing his thing there. But the other one is Mason Clanch from a couple years ago from that Centauri team. And, you know, he was a guy we really felt like was D1, but then just decided not to play college ball. And I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely nervous that that might be the route for trade and marks here if the recruiting doesn't pick up. But I, I just feel like he could play D1. And if he was to get a preferred walk-on, he would earn a scholarship pretty quickly. Uh, I'm not out of pocket for saying that, am I, Cody? No, I honestly think it's bad for Colorado football if Trayton Marks doesn't get to play college ball. I really do think it would be a huge shame. And 
Honestly, it'd be a shame for the game of football. I'm not going to lie because he's just that entertaining to watch. He's that dynamic. And, you know, I think that on the next level, people are going to have a really hard time. And I think that he's somebody who could even draw double teams on the next level. Um, and he's somebody who I also think is kind of versatile as well because I think that Trayton, uh, especially if he buys into this strength and power rushing thing and then retains some of those hand fighting moves, I think this is somebody that you could bulk up as well and uh, kind of play with where you place him in that front seven. So, yeah, no, I think that Trayton absolutely should be getting looks on the next level. And, um, oh, man, you really broke up Mason Clonch and kind of like broke my heart just a little bit because he was an awesome running back. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree that uh, Trayton definitely needs to get those looks. And, I mean, Unco, this is... This is a guy that needs to be on your roster. Or FCS teams. This is a guy that needs... This is a must-have recruit, honestly. So are the... And I mean, I'm going to be screaming this from the rooftops for the next guy as well. Um, just because these guys are getting overlooked for things that honestly don't matter. Like, watch the film. It's there. Um, hopefully, I'm not spoiling too much as well for the next one. But uh, yeah. No. That's trademarks. Yeah, and he's such a great player. I mean, his legacy has been made, though. Two state championships. Um, he, he's been an all-PMC guy, a depoy guy, uh, one depoy this last year. And then, you know, the year before, I believe he was a runner-up. I mean, his legacy on the high school level here in Colorado has been made. And hopefully, you know, we'll stay out there forever with uh, what we've been able to document. But he is one of those guys that... I mean, I, if there's a Colorado High School Football Hall of Fame for football players, you know, and not, you know, just catering towards higher classification guys, I'm just going to put that out there. He would be on there easily, you know, uh, all PMC potential Hall of Fame if we ever get to making one. So just, just throwing that out there, you know, he has the accolades, he has the skill. I mean, he just needs a chance. You know, and it has to be a good one to get him out of Lyman and, you know, get him into your program and whatnot. But I guarantee it, once he gets into your program, this is a guy that's going to be a force to be reckoned with no matter what. So we'll just have to see. But Cody, speaking of guys that are forces to be reckoned with, this next guy was somebody that we both got to watch in big time playoff situations this last season specifically and the year before as well so why don't you go ahead and introduce him and talk about him yeah speaking of uh potential pmc hof guys here this is out of delta high school and also state champion here tucker johnson also a uh dungeon family 6-0 guy as well and you know i'm just gonna jump right into it here he is special for a lot of reasons here and his lowest grade that's not pass coverage is a 7.6 so that just shows you the caliber of player that we're talking about here and something that i think is worth mentioning is you know i'm actually going to flip this on its head i'm going to talk about the areas of improvement first and then get into all the green and good here because there is plenty of it look pass coverage he's at a 4.9 i don't really know how i feel about dropping back uh tucker johnson at six foot three 240 pounds I mean, he's agile-ish. If it's maybe like some kind of weird stunt where you think the blitz is going to get there and confuse the offensive lineman, maybe. But uh, not my first choice. But then climbing up the ladder here, look, his tackling, it's at a 7.6. 
He does a great job of bringing guys down to the ground, wrapping them up, and slamming them into the turf. I just think that sometimes he does tackle, and by sometimes, I mean pretty often, he tackles high, but, you know, he's, he's 6'3", so I'll try and overlook that just a little bit. And then, look, speed slash finesse moves, I have at a 7.9 because this season he developed a deeper bag he with some quick strike hand fighting to ward off double teams and you know also utilizing a rip and he's shown like a spin move before uh not something that's you know consistently something he could do but with his hands with his rip with his swim he's somebody who can get in the backfield consistently against other teams no matter how they game plan for him and uh yeah i think that his speed slash finesse is honestly just fine, especially at the size and frame that he's playing at. And I think that's what helps carry it just a little bit further. Now, continuing to climb up this ladder, hit power at an eight and power rushing at an eight. He's somebody who just consistently gets a push on the line. And, you know, with that, he like with his ability to wrap up, he does slam people into the crown. And I could definitely tell that he rattles some people. Uh, one of his hits actually in the state game was responsible for having one of Rifle's best players sit out for a couple of plays and uh, recollect their bearings. And this is a constant story that he's capable of. And, uh, you know, he's somebody who is just a brick wall when ball carriers are heading towards him and they get flattened. Uh, he does not yield or give anything up in that regard. And then continuing to climb up this list, I have his first step and agility slash footwork both at an 8.1 i think that he gets off the ball pretty well honestly and i think that you know he's able to really shock the opposing lineman with how fast that first step is and then agility wise i think that he's somebody who changes direction very very well i think that he's somebody who drives his feet very well and uses them to his advantage to get past opposing linemen and he's somebody who plays sideline to sideline from the edge position let me repeat that one more time. Somebody who plays sideline to sideline at the edge position. He's making tackles on the boundaries across the field, still inside of that like five yard range from the line of scrimmage. He's somebody who will chase running backs who try and cut back across the field. He'll chase them all the way over and they're not really, they're not getting away from him uh, just because he is able to change direction and uses that kind of angle taking to a great extent and that combined with his speed um allows him to just make a ton of plays in the backfield as well and you know those are all at eights right so that's already four scores at eight look his size slash frame i really like um you know six three 240 pounds and very durable somebody who plays on both sides of the ball i think is something to kind of consider when thinking about frame you know size is one thing frame is another but this category also includes like durability as well and tucker johnson i feel like he's somebody who i've never seen when i've seen him live or just looking through game film he's not somebody who really misses a play like literally ever which is pretty insane and that taken into consideration you know that's a very strong score for me at that nine but talking about the field again his run stopping and strength are his two highest categories here at an eight five and an eight point six he does a great job of using his arms and reach to look into the backfield. And then he just chucks blockers out of his way. Um, that strength as well is on display because he's another guy who's getting double teamed and chipped and people are diving at his knees all the time, which 
has developed his agility slash footwork because he'll get up and over him because teams are desperate looking for a way to slow him down and just don't find a lot of luck a lot of the time. So yeah, that's Tucker Johnson and that overall score with all of those categories that I just listed out puts him at a 78.7. And I want to mention that he is a playoff riser here, which always bodes super, super well for my outlook on a prospect. And, you know, he saves arguably his best performances for last. And while he's getting double teamed and triple teamed and teams are going the other direction for him, he opens up so many opportunities for his teammates to be playmakers, whether it's the linebackers or fellow, fellow linemen who I don't think are on the D1 like path trajectory level that Tucker is, but get to make a ton of plays just because Tucker is eating up so much attention from opposing teams. It's just hard to ignore both in person and on the film. Coach V, I kind of went on a long tangent there. Also, Tucker, shout out Tucker. I finally got to meet him after state and uh, got to interview him following that state game. So go watch that TikTok. He's an awesome kid. And uh, he's somebody who's very, very excited to meet PMC because we have covered him for, I want to say like three years is how long he's been on the field and making plays in Delta. I mean, they've kind of always been a team that's been in discussion as well here around the pod and is a team that consistently competes. So now after that long tangent, now I'll finally pass it off. Yeah, no, shout out Tucker Johnson. I, I wish I got to talk to him after the game um, that I got to watch because I actually got to see them travel to Colorado Springs and play my alma mater, TCA. But, you know, <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to hold him up because I knew they had a really long drive back, and I believe that would actually be the last time they would cross the mountains there for a big-time playoff game. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to hold him up, you know, because I knew he was exhausted. But I do want to talk about that game real quick before going into my evaluation because I definitely have to agree with everything you said. Look, he's a playoff riser. And when you need him to make a play, he's going to make a play. In those final seconds against TCA, a game that looked like was about to go into overtime. Now, I, I got to shout out Ty Reed. He had a great punt that put them on the two-yard line. And that kind of set up this game. And then, you know, shout out TCA for not knowing how to coach sometimes and running a run play out of gun. But when I saw them line up in gun... I was like, this is this is a mistake because you're already giving Tucker too much time, you know, to get out there and go make a play. And they ran it away from him. And he still got in the backfield and still got a safety and still won them that game that rescued their chances because they were playing such a bad game. Um, not the defense, but offensively, they were playing a really bad game. And so he came through when they needed him to. And, you know... That really affected his grades here. And really this whole, like, from junior to senior year, he's made some leaps and bounds here, working with Matt McChesney, putting in that work. I know Matt loves him, um, you know, because he's so far out there, but he's putting in that work, getting everything in on time and whatnot as well, which is absolutely huge here. And, you know, that's... If, if you get that endorsement from Matt, that's really good enough for me. And for him to, you know, pop up from like 220 or wherever he was last year to 240 in one year, that's 20 pounds in one year. I respect it. 
You know, that's why his highest rating here, one of his highest ratings is an 8.5 for size and frame. Gave him an 8.5 for tackling, he's a sure tackler, and then pretty much all his grades, except for two categories, are 8s and up. That's how, that's how well-rounded of a football player he is. Just plain and simple. And this is also a guy like Traden Marks and Austin Contreras, uh, but more so similar to Traden Marks, who is getting triple-teamed, double-teamed, chipped like all the time here on this two-way level and he still finds a way to go make plays you know that's how you know he's a good football player um before i talk about you know my areas of improvements i just want to go down the line here with my grades gave him an 8.1 for strength that could honestly be a little bit higher here i will acknowledge that 8.2 for hit power 8.1 for agility and footwork like you said great sideline to sideline guy 8.4 for release and first step that has really improved in my opinion from junior to senior year he has a great first step there that i think is going to translate really well to the d1 level spoiler alert there and then run stopping 8.3 8.2 for speed and finesse he has some good hand fighting there that has really improved and will only get better now cody do you mind if i go ahead and talk about my areas of improvements real quick here send it i did okay just making sure you know just making sure but five i mean pass coverage you already kind of touched on that definitely agreed uh you probably shouldn't be dropping him back anyways i don't think that's utilizing him uh correctly so there you go and then i gave him a 7.7 for power rushing i i see i see the vision here when he uses his power rushing moves you know his rips and getting good pushes and whatnot but a lot like trading marks and Contreras sometimes it's just not timed as well sometimes and I think you know with him getting stronger and continuing to adjust to his body and whatnot he's not quite used to how should I say this utilizing all his power and strength as correctly as he can but you know as he continues to fill in here and you know get comfortable with this frame i think that could definitely go up so i'm not really concerned about that altogether i mean he's a 79 overall just 0.2 points away from my number one prospect here personally but i mean he's just a guy that's an all-around great player 6'3 240 he's a grinder he puts in a lot of work um I mean, he's just a hard-nosed football player that, God, I, I, I can't I can't emphasize enough how much I respect how much work he put in between his junior to senior, like, year, you know? And he's a big reason why they won state as well. And he's put in all that work, and if he's able to take that jump from junior to senior year, you could expect him to have a couple more jumps in him from, you know, high school to college, and then from rotational guy to potential starter. Is, it, is that fair to say, Cody? Yeah, no, it's absolutely fair to say. And I think that looking at his recruiting right now, it's underrated. It, it's easy to say that it's underrated, seeing as how he only has offers from CSU Pueblo, Western Colorado, and Mesa. I mean, all fine and dandy, right? But this guy is an FCS player, once again. Um, somebody who also gets it done in the classroom. I mean, 3.9 GPA, so it's not like... There's no red flags about this guy. He's a hard worker. He's a good kid. He's an awesome athlete. He's a multi-sport athlete, might I, might I add, because he's been an All-State Honorable Mention in basketball as well, which is just another testament to his agility slash footwork and 
even speed and overall athleticism. He's somebody who has already shown that he can bulk up like freaking crazy. He's somebody who has gas in the tank to hustle for a gazillion plays a game on both sides of the football and dominate on both sides of the football. He's somebody who, as an offensive lineman, was consistently getting pancakes and, you know, eaten like it was, you know, free pancake day on the offensive side. And then on the defensive side, never getting pancakes, despite getting multiple double and triple teams and beating all of them in a variety of ways with overwhelming strength, confidence, and, you know, just technique as well he's very fundamentally sound he's he's a very refined prospect if i got to be completely honest compared to a lot of other guys and i think that he's somebody who will only continue like i think that his ceiling is also so much higher um as well looking across the board at a lot of these guys he's somebody who i think can even climb to bigger heights as well uh with the strengths that he has and with the abilities that he has as well and with the drive so i think that you know, this is an FCS guy, but I think that he could even knock on the door potentially of some of those larger programs as well. I'm looking kind of, you know, at like those Midwestern colleges, honestly, and I think that he'd be a great fit culturally and skill wise for some of those defensive fronts. Am I getting ahead of myself here or are you seeing what I'm seeing with this? And I think that, you know, with some of the connections that we know that he kind of has at the extension of his fingertips here. I feel like this isn't a far cry from something that could potentially happen even. If people yeah. look, if people look. Yeah, if they look. That's the big thing there. Um and you know how it is, lower classifications always going to get disrespected. Uh Colorado as well, you know, that's just the um, the truth of it, honestly. But he could play. I mean, he's extremely well-rounded, as well-rounded a prospect as you could hope for, really. There's not much more that you could really want out of a Tucker Johnson. And I think this is worth saying as well. I mean, you want to talk about his ceiling. I want to talk about his floor real quick here. He is, at the very least, a really good rotational player on a lot of FCS squads. He's somebody who could get in there, do his job, hold it down, and, you know, be a good contrib contributor on a lot of defenses out there, just plain and simple. If he's not being flashy and making big-time plays out there, he's at least holding it down so, so, so that somebody else can, you know, which is really important to throw out there. He's just going to do a lot of things right for you, and it's somebody that you want in your locker room to, you know, just raise that floor, you know, raise that level, and just have somebody that, you know, can you know, be just a great example of what the standard is for your program. Uh, I think that's pretty fair to say there, you know, and as far as ceiling goes, I mean, he has a lot of potential here. Like I said, I, I'm not sure he's quite comfortable with uh, where he's at right now as, as far as frame and stuff goes, but that's more of a consistency thing than anything. And he could continue to put on weight and, you know, as, as, how, what should I say here? As, uh, as we're like projecting him forward here, you know, the more reps he gets at his weight, at his desired weight and whatnot, the better he's going to be, plain and simple. And so we're just going to have to see about him. Unfortunately, the offers aren't there. If he goes to a D2, he could be a borderline starter, if not rotational player as a true freshman. And I am pretty sure of that. Um, he does scream like Colorado School of Mines 
I'm going to be honest with you. The type of player that they are always looking for, that they've went to national championships with, um, he is that type of player, in my opinion. Now, if he wants to go there or not, you know, that's a whole other conversation. And I think, Cody, you and I are very familiar with that. Well, not with that route personally, but with other guys having to weigh in on that route. Is, isn't that right? Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think uh, part of, I, I want to say part of it because it was, you know, uh, smaller classification and because they both wore green. Um, I always, um, or I would sometimes swap in my head like uh, Eli Krawchuk and uh, Tucker Johnson. And uh, Krawchuk ended up going to mines as well um, and does kind of fit that bill and that bill, duh, of a player that they look for. And uh, they were both similar in their physicality on both sides of the football. So I don't think that that's a far stretch of something to pitch. And, you know, it's a successful football program as well. So that is continuing to uh, do very well in the regular season and make postseason appearances. And Tucker Johnson, he's from a line of winning. And uh, yeah, I think that um, that's worth um, taking into account when recruiting him as well. So, but Kofi, do you have anything else to add on to Tucker Johnson before I talk about some of the guys that just narrowly missed this list? And then I'll give you the opportunity to uh, introduce our number one, our numero uno this year. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just hoping that he gets his opportunity, just like Traden Marks, you know, being from a small town to go play high level football because he is a high level football player. But, you know, Cody, why don't you go ahead and talk about some of our honorable mentions here that I'm sure a lot of our fans are probably clamoring for at the moment. Yeah, no, there's some really big names on this list as well. And there are some, uh, you know, tough cuts to make here. But uh, we did grade pretty intensely this year. So I want to say that on this list, uh, probably the biggest name, I would assume, is uh or one of the bigger names is Nkongolo Wakalanji. Got to see him play live. He's solid. He's the best like pass coverage guy on this list uh, out of any of the prospects that we looked at and is asked to do a lot, but uh you know, is just kind of unrefined in most areas and there's not like one thing that he just like dominates at and uh you know, I think that that's kind of what kept him off this list a little bit. Um another one who's uh PMC fam to an extent is uh Peyton Garrett here, the kind of traditional 4-3 end or edge out of Lutheran High School. Had a really good season, significantly improved in a handful of areas from last season, but, uh, you know, just probably needs a little bit more work, maybe one more year to get some things down pat, but could be a D2 guy. Uh, Nick Long out of Heritage, he is more of just like a linebacking athlete, honestly, um, watching him. So um, that's kind of where that fell. Uh, Brody Van Cleve is somebody who I had a fun time watching just because his agility and footwork is very cool, um, but <clears throat> just lacked in some other areas and whatnot. Ian champ the one of the biggest postseason risers at multiple positions for Moffat County, got considered for this list, but I kind of think that he's a little bit more of a tight end on the next level. Keyshawn Caesar is another guy. Uh, he is out of Thomas Jefferson. So we took a look at him as well. And then uh, Coach V, you also took a look at uh, Jack Moran and George Patterson as well. Both those guys sitting in that 74 range. So shout out to all those guys, all, all those honorable mentions. And uh, 
yeah, without further, in, unless you want to add on anything to those HMs, uh, go ahead and do that. And then uh, tell us who our best edge player is out of the class of 24 here in Colorado. Don't got too much more to add on, but a lot of great players who are just barely off the list here. Nick Long and Peyton Garrett were just outside for me, along with Keyshawn Caesar as well. Uh, they'll find a home. You know, I know one of them might be looking at our alma mater in Northern Colorado, and I think that would actually be a great person to bring on as well. But anyways, let's go ahead and get to our number one edge rusher here in the class of 2024 in Colorado, and it is Valor Christian's Alexander Jordan. Alex Jordan, the 6'4", 240-pound edge rusher. <laughs> okay, before we go into the film breakdown part of it, I got I gotta tell a quick story because I'm always gonna remember this because this was basically our first interaction two or three years ago with Alex here. But oh, yeah. Cody, <laughs> you and I went after Valor pretty hard here. And, you know, I'm always going to respect Alex for this. And this is how I knew that he would be probably one of my favorite Valor Christian players to cover ever. But he came up to us at Team Full Gorilla tryouts, and he was real nice about it, a little shy. He was like, hey, man, you know, we're not all like that and whatnot. And, you know, we respected it. We respected him for it, you know, and obviously more TikToks came out after that, but I felt like we always had a good relationship. Um, we've talked a bit as well. Now, that's not to say there's any favoritism here because he's a heck of a football player. Um, and it's interesting because a couple years ago, originally he was more, or at least I viewed him more as a tight end. And then, you know, Brett McGatlin came in some, you know, the offense changed uh, a little bit here, and not that he was getting utilized at tight end anyways, and so he kind of moved over at defensive end and made a really big impact there, and so let's go ahead and talk about it because he is our number one guy for a reason, and so I gave him an 8.7 for size and frame. That's one of his highest grades here. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. I mean, dude, that's as D1 as it gets, and I'm not just talking about FCS group of five. There's a lot of power five you know, edge rushers who are literally that exact same frame there. 6'4", 240, a little bit longer than some of those guys, which is a good thing as well, though. So there you go there. Absolutely love that. And he uses his frame extremely well. I gave him an 8.5 for run stopping. Uh, like a lot of the guys on this list, this is probably one of our best run stopping edge rushers list ever, I'll say. He holds down that edge extremely well and funnels in a lot of guys. Uh, looked at his film against Cherry Creek last year, which is really telling because you have a lot of D1 or Power 5 linemen on that squad. And he held his own extremely well. And not only did he hold his own, but he won a lot of matchups over there. And that should be saying something considering they have a Power 5 offensive line basically over there at Cherry Creek. And so that was really telling to me, just seeing him battle and win a lot of those matchups. And so I gave him an 8.5 here. It definitely could be higher, but I think this last season, he kind of struggled a little bit more than I anticipated. And we'll talk about that here a little bit later. But there you go. There, Those were his highest grades. As far as pass rushing goes, his highest pass rushing grade was an 8.4 for speed and finesse moves. He's got some moves. You know, when he's alone off that edge... He could really, he could really burn an offensive tackle and just get in that backfield so quickly. I mean, he has a great motor. He has some really precise 
moves out there as well, which I think is even underrated to an extent here. But I mean, he just uses that 6'4", 240 pound frame extremely well to get separation and to get into that backfield consistently, whether it's on uh, whether it's on passing plays or running plays. You know, quite just to be quite frank with you. And you know, as far as I guess floor goes. Gave him a five for pass coverage. I mean, he's not really asked to, you know, drop back and cover a whole ton, which I think is fair. Most of these guys aren't. But all the other ratings are eight and above here. And so, Cody, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it to you. What's your evaluation of Alex Jordan here? For me, I mean, he's a well-rounded player at 6'4", 240, who made a lot of noise against some of the best offensive linemen this state has seen. Uh, is that fair to say, Cody? It absolutely is fair to say, and it was really fun to witness and everything like that, honestly, with Alex. And yeah, I totally spaced out on that until you brought it up. So shout out CTE. But, um, you know, Alex, he, he really was. And I think that part of what he took away from that conversation is kind of like a desire to change that narrative, not with words, but with action. And he did exactly that, honestly. And that even speaks further volumes to the respect that I have for him and uh, everything that that Eagles team that, you know, was the state runner-up. Very different-looking Eagles team that was a state runner-up the following year from that conversation and that whole uh, standoff that we had and whatnot. But Alex here, let's go ahead and talk about the good here. Uh, strength and run stopping, 8.9 and 8.7. Look, right off the bat, his control, balance, reach, and size are wildly imposing. Uh, he has strength to take on multiple blockers and still get a push or clog up lanes, which is fantastic because, look, run stopping isn't necessarily always tackling the runner, but when you move the entire line of scrimmage or you move the entire blocking scheme and force a running back to cut back to where the rest of your team is because people are dogging you, that is a part of run stopping as well, which is why he has he's tied for the highest run stopping on this list at an 8.7 for me. So definitely that three, almost four star, basically four star-ish talent in that department. Strength-wise, obviously he's pushing the entire line of scrimmage and uh, his he's also showing his strength without maybe like the best position, I guess. Like, his outward extended arm is so freaking strong and can hold off, you know, opposing linemen that are also huge. Like, that means something for that single arm to show that strength. And then once he gets two arms on you, what are you supposed to do, honestly? And so those combined with, you know, some other things that he does well as power rushing was the next highest grade for me at an 8.4 just because, I mean, when he gets that initial bull step on you know opposing linemen there's not they don't really have an answer for it um and why would they with his combination of strength and size and he's also pretty quick honestly you know he can get off that edge and uh you know get into that backfield and cause some havoc and i think a huge part of that is his first step which i have rated at a 7.9 he's also the second rightest hearted second hardest hitter there we go on this list for me at an 8.1. I mean, he just levels opposing players. And, you know, I think that he does a really good job. And honestly, his tackling, you know, can be high. But I think that, you know, his ability to tackle people with one arm 
is uh, definitely something to notate with his tackling. It kind of helps with his strength, obviously listed at that 8.9, but his tackling and uh, his wingspan and his tackle radius are all things that are very impressive and kind of help that tackle score sit at that 7.8 as well. You know, and I have this in red, but it really shouldn't be in red. His agility slash footwork, I think that he moves pretty well for his size and frame. So I have his agility slash footwork at a 7.8. Sure, I think it could be ironed out in some ways, but I think that when you're playing with the level of violence that Alex Jordan does on the defensive side of the football, you're allowed to be a little clunky, honestly, uh, when you're dropping the hammer the way that he is against opposing teams. Now, like I said, I to kind of transition into some areas of improvement, honestly, I think that, you know, while he is fine getting off the ball, getting off fast, I don't think he has like a super deep bag of speed or finesse moves, but I mean, it's still sitting at a 7.5, which is fine. And then um, his pass coverage is at a 5.9 because he does bat passes out of the air, but you're using them wrong if you're dropping him back anyway. So if I run down my list, which is speed slash finesse at a 7.5, tackling 7.8, run stopping 8.7, power rushing 8.4, Release first step 7-9, agility footwork 7-8, hit power 8-1, strength 8-9, pass coverage 5-9, and size slash frame 8.9 for a 79.9 overall. You know, seems pretty reasonable. Simon and I vary on some things, but I think that's something interesting to note here, and I want to kind of set you up to elaborate on this, Coach V, because you're the one who brought it up, is his size slash frame it seems weird, right, that I'd have somebody who's an inch taller than Tucker rated 0.1 point below him in slash size slash frame, right? But Coach V, where do you think that comes from uh, with his frame being rated, at least for me, lower than Tucker's, considering that durability is a part of this category? Well, it's because of durability. <laughs> that's you. You said it. That's that's why. Um, we do keep that in mind when grading size and frame. And I think this last senior year was a little a little tough for Alex here. He barely just got over. Like he barely just made uh, our limited games required to make this list here. I think he had eight, where he uh, recorded stats at least according to Max Preps. Uh, he had eight, which is our uh, limit right there. And yeah, I kind of just feel like this season he struggled with some injuries. Um, and if it weren't like, I, I don't know if they were like serious injuries, but it kind of felt like there are some lingering things where it just looked like he was maybe a step too slow or the strength wasn't as explosive. And so usually when that's the case, it's not because somebody just regressed out of nowhere, especially this young in high school. It's usually because... You know, there's some sort of lingering injury there that is preventing them from getting that full range of motion or whatever it is. And so, I know he has been struggling with some injuries because I know he definitely missed some games. I went to that Mountain Vista game and I feel like I didn't see him play. I was trying to look out for him, but I didn't really see him out there a whole ton. And I, I don't know if he didn't play at all or he, if he was just not rotated in. But obviously, this defense is better with him in there. So, <coughs> honestly, I just don't know what, what happened. 
but you know injuries is definitely a concern and i feel like that might actually affect some of his some of his recruiting as well i mean he's getting up to 240 he you know gained some weight over the offseason hopefully it's not that and if it is then maybe he just needs to lean up a little bit more but that's nothing a college offseason program can't help him figure out hopefully on the next level because i really do think he is a d1 guy Cody, do you want to go ahead and talk about Outlook here since I kind of introduced it as is? Um, assuming he's, you know, fully healthy, I think he's definitely a D1 guy is what I should clarify there. Yeah, and uh, Alex Jordan is actually the only player on this list who is currently committed. He is committed to Penn right now. So, you know, I think that uh, obviously a lot of these guys' future is kind of up in the air but not really Alex's here, who uh, is the only committed guy here. And I do think that a red shirt would do him some good, just take some time off, honestly, and um, yeah, make the most out of that offseason, get in the weight room, get into you know the cardio program and whatnot, and just see what you can work out in that regard. Um, and yeah, I think that it's, it, I think it's a good thing with, his health this season that he is committed already and that you know it can be a little bit more of an investment now obviously Penn definitely more on the educational side of things but I do think that he can be you know a potential like all conference player um given the right situation and given the right development for um you know the the Quakers here um in uh that uh, Ivy League conference so I think that it's good that he's committed. It's obviously, you know, more focused on education and whatnot, which I think is something to consider. But I do think that he could be a very solid player in that league. And or, you know, if he does get a chance to ball out in that league, um, there could be potentially opportunities even beyond that, um, depending on where he's at with, you know, schooling and stuff like that and what he's exactly looking for. But I do think that he is in well obviously anybody who's committed is in a pretty decent situation but i do think that committing and not risking you know anything going awry uh prior to the season or anything like that and with how the season went i do think that he's in a good spot to just take a year get acclimated and you know kind of be more of a traditional i guess uh college football career i like how you said educational focused <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's an Ivy League, isn't it? So he's going to need the year yeah. anyways to, you know, adjust. And so that's fine. And not maybe not like take, you know, time away from football, but take time away from, you know, focusing on a season. And this way, you know, he could focus on himself a little bit more, uh, you know, just figuring out like, okay, where do I want to play at? Where do I feel best at? And then just going from there. I legitimately think that he's a D1 guy. You know, he has the frame to play D1. He has the talent to do it. But, you know, I also get it. You want to get a good education out there, get set up for life, especially after football too. And, you know, 
if there's anything that goes on with football, then it's going to go on, right? And I do agree, he can be an all-conference guy. He can be a guy that could just, you know, rack up all the accolades if he's playing at a really high level and if he's feeling good as well from a health standpoint, too. So we'll just have to see about that. But no doubt about it, he's been one of the best edge rushers in the state of Colorado these last couple of years. And just being able to see him continue to develop and turn into such a monster off that edge has been special. You know, he's definitely somebody that, you know, took what we had to say to heart. And obviously, we don't take that personally because we love seeing him succeed. And he's a dog out there. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, people are going to look at him and be like, man, he probably shouldn't be playing on this level. He probably should be at a group of five or power five, if not an FCS at the very least. So just just throwing that out there. You know, but really excited for his future and looking forward to, you know, seeing him ball out for Penn here soon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cody, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, I go think, ahead I think, and wrap the... us up here. I uh, don't have too much more to say, but this was a really good list of edge rushers here. I loved uh, the variety of, you know, where in the state that we were able to find some of these guys, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. It was a lot of fun watching through this list and, you know, getting this uh, compiled. So just as a refresher, the top five seniors at the edge rusher position here in Colorado in the class of 2024 went as followed in ascending order. Starting at five, Jordan Ochoa out of Castleview, Austin Contreras at four out of Green Mountain, Tr <laughs> number three, Trayton Marks out of Lyman High School. Number two, Tucker Johnson out of Delta High School, both those guys being state champs. And Alex Jordan at number one out of Valor Christian High School. So thank you so much for listening to this episode as well as our other top five episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., as well as being posted to YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed or following depending on the platform and that you have notifications turned on to get notified whenever new episodes come out. To see the sweet graphics that come with these episodes, you can see those as well on our social medias, whether that's Twitter slash X at Playmaker Corner or on Instagram at Playmakers Corner, as well as Facebook that is Playmakers Space Corner there as well so be sure to follow us for all of those as well as a lot of other content that we have going on as well a lot of graphics that we make that kind of go outside of the realm of episodes and continue to stay tuned for awesome events and you know kind of highlights and whatnot that we share through those or through our tiktok as well that'll have little description or summary videos of these top five guys and also you know you feel free to swipe through there and see what the highlights looked like for all of the state championships this past season in Colorado high school, or just throughout the regular season, some things that we really enjoyed watching and getting to see. So those were, you know, kind of all the places to find us there on TikTok, obviously at Playmakers Corner. And thank you so much for rocking with us. I have been one of your co-hosts for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And I've been the other one, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V, and uh, Mark's Rules. Mark's Rules.